The Movie Hour, episode 167, January 19th, 2012. Just a small warning, we do tend to swear during the show and discuss movie plots, so this episode may contain spoilers. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Angus McFadden I Don't Want to Lose Movie Hour. My name is Greg Maloney. I am uh, the super cool co-host of the show with other hosts. We have a lot of hosts here on the show. And actually, to get to those other hosts and stop wasting everybody's time, Brother James is here. Perfect attendance, Brother James. Which, you know, I might not stop bringing that up, Jim. That's the that's the number one uh, number one thing that people need to know about you. You're number you one. Know, you don't want to bring that up. One of our lunatic fans might try and you know get himself famous by clipping Jim for an episode or something. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You don't want that on your conscience. Be the yeah. man who took me down. Yeah, and uh, also James is not the only uh, host here on the show. We also have uh, everyone's favorite field hand, Jeff. Welcome back, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for having me back. Yeah, it was. I'm surprised you made it. Really, like you know, I I don't know if there was enough of a support network for you while you were gone on your uh, birthday extravaganza, but I'm happy you survived. Happy you're back here, and uh, happy you're here to discuss uh, movies and all other ridiculous stuff with us today. Alive and well, thank you. Yep, yep. Uh, we uh. Jeff's not the only one back this week. Josh, our West Coast buddy, Josh, has decided to join us again. This goes two weeks in a row for you, Dean, which it's a little weird. People might start talking, Josh. People might start talking. They're already talking. <laughs> they're, they're already talking about us. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, happy- I say I, I'm a little disappointed in how you read the uh, the title sequence for the movie hour. Yeah, you wanted me to say the... I wanted you to do it like he delivers the line, because that would have been a lot cooler. But movie hour is like a hundred more syllables than heart. Well, this is true, but I don't want to lose heart. I don't want to lose movie hour. Yeah, let's see. That's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's because it's the drawn out hour. Yeah, it's yeah. it wasn't gonna work. But maybe I'll play the clip later. Okay, on. that'd make me feel better. Which gets us full circle to SOPA and how it's the best thing in the world. This is uh, everybody's going crazy about the the SOPA the SOPA thing. I don't know if it'd yeah, be- I have heard about this. In fact, I'm not allowed to participate in the rest of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I've signed a blackout agreement. <laughs> kind of a brothers in arms thing with Wikipedia. It should have blacked out. I should have did that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been depressing when no one noticed. Two people are up in arms. One opportunity for internet fame down the tube. Oh, yeah. We're uh, recording actually on Wednesday. And that's the day Wikipedia is down. I was trying to do some extra research and I was going to, it's like, shit. Damn you, Wikipedia, for making political statements on the day we're recording. I hate you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it would be interesting. Like, uh, it's a very interesting world we live in. And uh, SOPA being a very interesting uh, attack on that world. SOPA and PIPA. I don't know if you guys are completely in the know. Uh, SOPA? Yeah, PIPA's the House bill that is very equivalent to the uh, Senate bill. Of we're SOPA. talking about like the princess's sister or whatever. PIPA? Yeah. Pip. 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 She's hot, dude. <laughs> but yeah, it's actually, I, I don't mean to, to harp on it too much, but it's a very big deal. People, uh, if uh, it happens to get passed, any website that supposedly, uh, I guess, is accused of having any kind of copyright infringement material could be blocked by their internet service provider. Which is like 98% of the internet, right, by the way. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know how much the internet's regurgitated material, but it's a lot. And yeah, just well, our, yeah, you our think cool. I'm that, looking. Think you're watching I'm that for inst- sex tape because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, for instance, right now at um, http colon slash slash dante basco dot com. Is it on website? Wow. There's yes. There's a picture of um. There are a couple pictures of uh of, of famous roles that he's played, and I wonder if those would even get him shut down. That, yeah. that would be really sad. So well, a good friend uh, Galloway was telling me a story about how the senator who introduced this whole thing, like it was discovered that on his computer he's got like this big picture from, like a professional you know studio that took a picture of his family that he wasn't supposed to use unless he like got credited for it. It's like right there on his computer, the Senator who introduced it. Thanks. Yeah. And it's not like surprise stopping internet piracy. I understand, but just the fact that all these other people are going to get wrapped into the problem. And they think that the idea of stopping piracy, you know, protecting the rights of the creators of, you know, the, all these, all these works and very important things, uh, pretty much about money. And the fact that this thing would just 
destroy so many other like money creating job creating places that it, like the amount of loss would be way higher than any kind of like internet infringement on copyright would be and it's just and, you know that's a, gr- a great point we should just change the terminology and people will be all for leaving it alone we can just say you know this inf- you know copyright infringement is a job creator we need yeah, more job- lawyers to sue people <laughs> job creators people don't touch them don't hurt them don't i don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> about the minute this passes <laughs> there are going to be a hundred thousand record shops and blockbusters and, and movie theaters that open right back up it's 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 all gonna happen somebody's gonna be copywriting this show before yep. it's even probably posted on the internet like it's true. somebody's gonna be stealing clips from this show it's gonna people people quote us all the time and i would hate for those sites to go down just because mostly people in movies that come out before we record <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would be a bad bad thing but yeah if you if you do happen to uh, want to see sopa on the street or if you see him like in a coffee shop say what you th- say what you think say what's on your mind sopa because it's not it's not a cool thing uh getting to something that is cool I uh, and this come is up with like a slogan about soap or something. A slogan? Like we need a slogan or something to p- put this thing on. We do it right. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I I was gonna start talking about how cool Breaking Bad was, but let's just move past that because I think I think we're moving past that. Uh, I I did catch the all the all Breaking Bad finally, and it is awesome. You guys should watch Breaking Bad if you watch TV. But I want to move past that because we're having too much fun, having too much fun with the movie stuff, um, which does bring us to High Hunters Highwood Hoopla, which we don't talk about often because every time I look into movie news or if any of my interns look into movie news. There's a lot of uh, cussing and bitching and moaning because it's all terrible. Um, uh, there's a, a big to-do about the recent merger. Uh, Lionsgate purchased uh, Summit for a cool $412 million. What, how, What amount of money or what situation can you say cool and then the amount of money? Like, oh, he just got a cool twenty grand off of him. Like, how how can you use cool? I like that. <laughs> I think it's got to be. I think at least it's got to be a thousand dollars. Anything less than a cool grand sounds weird. No, I don't think it's anything under a million. There's no way I'd say. Yeah, cool. I don't think I've ever heard it for anything lower than a million. A cool mill. Cool. Yeah. Maybe seventy-five thousand. No way. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. I guess, and it has to be like. I guess it has to be a pretty specific number. Like you couldn't say like I sold it for a cool four mil. Like that, the, even that doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be like a mil, a bill, or maybe a thou, or like a like yeah. More <laughs> simple, I, the second word the better. Yeah, I agree. I I just wanted to say it. I put it in there and I wanted to say it. But uh, <laughs> I find it interesting. Well, you did. Like, there must be something I don't know about the numbers. Which Jeff, maybe you should be. You can help me out with this. Summit, <clears throat> being the the company that was purchased by Lionsgate. Um, they have the Twilight series under their belt, and the final Twilight movie's not even out yet, which is going to make all kinds of shit tons of money. So I'm guessing all that money's spoken for already before this 412 million was even considered on the purchase, because they're going to make 412 million off that movie, like guaranteed. I don't get it. I just don't understand something about uh the the Hollywood scene. Maybe they also um. Maybe they also took some sort of liability relating to that movie as well. Yeah, like they also know. have to take Michael Bay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how these fucking things work. Yeah, it's that. crazy. It's crazy. I know. So I mean, yeah. Feel, ask. Josh, feel free to feel free to chime in at, at all about the uh, the comings and goings of the summit and Lionsgate deal. You know, it's all a little technical. Maybe I will uh, forgo it on the show and post it on the boards. Goingapit.com, <laughs> <laughs> people, you'll see Josh's thoughts there on the, the Lionsgate Summit purchase. Uh, a more exciting thing, which I do want to talk about, the first official trailer for Moonrise Kingdom has finally come out, the latest uh, Wes Anderson movie vehicle. And we had talked about it before on the show a long time ago, but now that it's taken like some kind of physical form, uh, it feels like we need to make a repeat attempt. And it looks badass, and I'm happy it looked that way because I was sort of worried about Edward Norton and Bruce Willis for for two for being two. Ed Norton, Wait, you were worried about those two people not being actors, but Ed Norton being a giant control freak. Um, oh. And it's awesome. Like the there's a lot of uh, classic names coming back to it: Bill Murray, Jason Schwartzman. 
Um, but they also got Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand. Those are awesome. But Bruce Wilson and Edward Norton are giant uh, assholes from what I understand. So I'm, I'm curious to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff on uh, everything that happened. But I guess we got Royal Tenenbaums, and Gene Hackman wasn't exactly happy being a part of that either. So uh, Ben Stiller was in it. So Yeah, you know, true story. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, but it looks completely badass. And I was curious. I think all of you guys have seen it now. What do you guys think of it? Excited. Excited I for like what's <laughs> Yeah. I like Disappointed. that. <laughs> <laughs> Not happy. Enthusiastic. <laughs> it is uh, one of the... There aren't many movies that don't get co-written by Owen Wilson. And it's uh, this is one of those, which is interesting. I, I think it hasn't... Hasn't Owen Wilson been on hiatus since uh, Royal Tenenbaums? Let's see. Um, look- Noah Baumbach did Life Aquatic. Um, I don't remember who did Darjeeling Limited. It was, uh, we were just talking about Roman Coppola. Oh, Roman Coppola, that's right. Yeah, Darjeeling Limited. It too. Owen Wilson was in it. No, Schwartzman wrote some of it too. I wonder if he had any part of the, interesting. Yeah, you're right. There's been those, the last two haven't been. And Lord, plus Fantastic Mr. Fox. Don't forget about Fantastic Mr. Which Fox. Awesome. And G- Dean, you finally have seen it. Have you talked about that movie yet? And how awesome it was? Uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the air, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty good. New music for the outro for sure. That music is amazing. I'm gonna have to find it and then get shut down by Sopa as soon as I post it. <laughs> Sopa, <laughs> we do it right. <laughs> oh, you must have an accent when you say it too. Was that like some kind of Eastern European? I, I couldn't even tell. I don't know. I was imagining. I was imagining the guy that was like bootlegging Sopa, like so. It was a Russian guy. It's real soap. Thing with a lot of the the Wes Anderson movies, like we're we're gonna have to wait for uh, May twenty five, twenty uh, fifth of May to see this movie. But I find it interesting that a lot of the times he ends up releasing it in places where he's actually done the shooting. Like he's releasing this in France first, like when it was uh, uh, when it was Life Aquatic. I'm trying to remember where it was in Life Aquatic. Was it in Sweden that he released it in? Oceania. Oceana, maybe the Oceanic Kingdom, like maybe <laughs> Atlanta. I think it might have been Italy, because yeah. um, that's where the, he did most of the shooting for Life right. Aquatic. Right. We'll have to look that up. Somebody look that up. Uh, we can do that because we've got uh, Wikipedia's down. Damn it! Shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, very, their point. very cool. Um, I'm pumped for it. I'm very pumped. Uh, two last things. One, which is actually more of a personal note, I ended Wait, up getting... How are there two last things? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Josh, you have to say one while Greg says it. <laughs> ready, Josh? Are you ready? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> on more of a personal note, I ended up getting Hulu Plus for Christmas. I had asked for it because Netflix, obviously, is no longer a sponsor of the show. And I was hoping to get something that would fill the void, that the hurt that Netflix has left left inside my body and it, it hurt a lot but uh hulu plus has been kind of a letdown recently i don't know who else uses it i'd love to hear your thoughts on it but i got hulu plus thinking that tv shows that usually i have to catch you know recent tv shows like 30 rock or like the office or something that i usually have to catch the day after or a week later or whatever i'd be able to catch you know two hours later or maybe even like an hour later or just broadcast at the same time or something and you don't even get that. Like all it seems is seems to get is tons of backlogged, like old episodes of TV shows, like Quantum Chips. Leap. Quantum Leap. Or wait, 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 wait. Are you saying you're not happy with Quantum Leap? <laughs> Josh, I knew you'd like that because uh, Josh is. You guys don't know this, but Josh is like Quantum Leap's number one fan. He hosts I love the website. Quantum Leap. Yeah, What's that guy's name? Until at least Sopa Scott Bacula. 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 <laughs> Josh, Josh started up the Bacula fan club. <laughs> I will president that shit up right now. Anyways, Bacula. Seems to be Bacula. I don't know if you're looking for Hulu Plus, but I might put it on the even lower standard than Netflix. It does give you more access to like other movies, which is cool. But I, You can I, pick Joshua's brain. I think he tried it out at some point or is still trying it. Oh, really? Okay, I'll, I will to talk to him about it. But um, There is one other big movie news in the high honors Highwood hoopla and it is the the second last thing i want to bring up uh <laughs> sundance film festival starts tomorrow and i don't know how many of you guys are going but i'm not going because i uh didn't get my press pass they sundance. won't let me go back 
Yeah, they will never. They will never let you go back, Jim. I didn't want to rub that in, but they invited me. But I was like, (laughs) yeah, Sundance. (laughs) It's not another country. I don't give a what about. But I'll go to Cannes and maybe Toronto, but (laughs) Sundance. Uh, But uh, yeah, I'm giving you a heads up because the Sundance Film Festival what starts tomorrow. It has to do with my Parker Posey at the end of the end of the hour here. So you start thinking about that now. Researching. What is yeah. this final Jeopardy? <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna go to commercial I break for forty-five minutes. Other half of my hand. You think about <laughs> that now, and we're gonna go to the movie reviews. And uh, Jeff, let's start with you this week, since you're back. You're back, Jeff. So I'm back. It's it's your movie review. Um. Well, I got two things, uh, and I'll talk about both of them briefly. I both 2011 films. The first one, I'm I'm not not just a little laughing. Let's talk today. about it. Uh, limitless. Nice. I'm happy. It was just, uh, the, the, well, the, if you don't remember, it's got Bradley Cooper and, uh, Robert De Niro. And the idea is this guy starts taking this drug that just makes him super duper smart. Um, and, uh, he, and he gets himself into all this kind of mess by being so smart and being like addicted to this drug. And then they're like, oh, shit, we have to end this movie. And then they do. So that's really all I need to say about that. What do you it think wasn't... the drug community thinks about the movie? Oh, they're for it. They love it. <laughs> for it. For it. Pro, pro. <laughs> it makes us smarter. <laughs> oh, they are pro this movie. Okay. What else you got? <laughs> I saw a movie called Superheroes. It's a documentary about uh, real life crime fighters, like real life superhero. Well, superheroes is a weird word for it, but like real real life costumed superheroes. Um, oh yes, and it, it focuses on uh, three main, I guess you could say, groups or uh, or places. This guy in San Diego, um, who is named. Uh, extreme justice no e in that extra well i'm sorry two e's in that extreme instead of the typical three um so it starts with an x uh who basically is like a glorified neighborhood watch but he dresses up and he's like he's sort of the the sad one where it's like oh i feel bad for this guy like he's he's honestly trying to do a good thing like and he doesn't have these weird delusions of grandeur or anything but he does dress up in a weird costume and like tries to help people and so that was sort of strange um and then the second one is uh this group of four people in new york that seem uh genuinely damaged and are like they'll do things like one of them is a girl and another one is a uh, is a gay guy and they'll dress those two those people up like one, individually really really like making them look extremely vulnerable and then have them walk around in like bad neighborhoods with like like while monitoring them so they're like baiting people to oh, come gosh. out like it's just it's very trap and dog right exactly it's just very strange. <laughs> They walk around, th- sling around racial slurs and stuff. And sweating $100 bills, so they'll just come after them. <laughs> so, do you get to see any action go down in the actual documentary? No, no, not at all. You have to imagine the documentarians are pretty upset about that, too. Um, and then, thirdly, this guy in um, Orlando, who's clearly just insane, but he, uh, like... The upshot of all this, though, is that like there are a lot of these people out there, and they don't focus on a lot of them, but they they like touch on a lot of them, and most of them are like just decent people that will like spend a lot of time helping homeless folks out and stuff like that, but they choose to do it costumed. Um, some of them are very bizarre, but this movie that kind of sucked is for a documentary like this to be great. It either needs to go like the King of Kong, like look at how ridiculous this all is. Right. Or like the, this is very serious and like, look at, look, this is a real like anthropological look at these. And it sort of goes that direction, but I don't think I like, it just, it wasn't, it didn't really have like a plot arc or anything like that. It just wasn't that interesting a documentary so i would not these people in front of the camera pretty much pretty much i mean they followed him on some of their patrols but uh, like honestly what does a neighborhood watch see like nothing nothing happens (laughs) stop sign number 47 or at least bring into the bring into the foreground of this like the story being you don't have to be dressed up to be a like you just said like there are people that 
bring attention to the problem by dressing up like, yeah, they just help homeless people or they do a soup kitchen or something, but they dress up to do it and create this persona that at least brings attention to the problem, you know, like, and I, right, uh, right. No, and that's, and that's true. And they, they do touch on it a little bit, but it's not really, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it didn't dive deeply enough into anything that I thought was interesting right. to make it, uh, to make it worthwhile. I do see. Some? Go ahead, James. I was just going to say, it sounds like the program's working at least. I mean, there's no crime in it. Yeah, there's no crime. What you're describing. <laughs> that's a, that's a great point. That. Oh, they're probably scared of me. That's why they're not out right now. <laughs> that's 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 an excellent point. It's like the ghost. <laughs> ghost, where are you? Oh, they know we're here. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do I do see in some of the synopsis here that it says that there's 300 over 300 registered superheroes. Is there a registry for superheroes that I don't know about? Do they talk? Uh, about <laughs> they didn't mention it to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> some documentary because I don't know where they're getting this on the. I don't know. Weird. I, so they don't I, get I, that thing. Any kind of signal we can use. I'd imagine they register probably with their like local police department, so that when they're walking around at night, they don't get jacked. But yeah, I'm not really. Yes. Who signs up as Mister Extreme? Josh, what would your superhero name be? Um, Mister Worm. Mister Worm. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, what would your? Um. This is my new part. Come back to me. Come back to me. Yeah, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, Sir Stomps a lot or like Sir B, like something Sir, you know, like it would have to be. I'm, <laughs> would I'm a villain. Would you live it? Like, would you like have like a horse and a lance? Like, <laughs> uh, we'd have to think about it. James, uh, don't take my idea. What would you pick? Sir, give me uh, a I'd be a, a villain and I'd be the refibrillator. The refibrillator <laughs> instead of the yes. defibrillator? Oh, boy. That's um. Cool. I think I would be uh, the electric slide, and I would like yeah, carry a slide. <laughs> <laughs> you're off the show. Fantastic. I just need to compose myself because it's my turn for a movie review. I want to talk about movies, guys. They're my favorite. Um, it's a very important thing to me. I uh, made a promise last week I would either catch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or We Bought a Zoo and review it this week. I almost totally caught. Don't ruin the ending. Yeah, I almost caught both. I ended up catching We Bought a Zoo. Uh, movie came out in December this year, not too long ago, still in theaters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a Cameron Crowe movie, which I would say, James, you're a fan of Cameron Crowe, right? Big time. I'm... Um, I usually give him the benefit of the doubt. Right, but Same he's here. had some stuff that I haven't like. Well, I didn't like a you and time. Cameron go way back too, so it's not this is true. Right, right. like he followed me really up first year. I would say we've got a good group of people here. You know, we're all friends here on the show, and you know, our personalities <laughs> seems like we're acting, but um, I it's it's not true. We're all friends here. Uh, but what I wanted to bring up was I like Cameron Crow movies because. You know, number one, I love movies a ton, but I think everyone here too also likes music and Cameron Crow does a very good job of putting them together. Pictures, music, it's part of the making the movie making process. Um, and I was hoping for something spectacular in this movie because thanks to Jeff, I uh, have a fan and know of the band Cigarose, who the front man did a lot of the score, pretty much the entire... Jonesy? Yeah, for this movie. Um, that doesn't mean every song is from him or his solo work or from Cigaros themselves. There were a lot of other songs in it, but the score was written by him. And I think there was one or two songs that actually were co-wrote by Cameron Crowe himself um, for the movie. So bear that in mind <clears throat> while I'm discussing the film. But anyways, so this is, I don't know, I think it's like Cameron Crowe's seventh or eighth film, his latest. It was based off a book by it was actually an autobiography benjamin me wrote this and he's the main character of the movie he wrote the book um uh, aline mckenna who has written all kinds of other random stuff um got hold of it first and wrote the screenplay and cameron crow touched like cleaned it up fixed the treatment from there and turned it into a movie so what i worry about when i ended up seeing the movie was like it seemed like some of the writing was just convoluted and i don't know if it happened in editing or the writing or what, but that part bothered me. I guess we'll get to that. Um, so the story goes, Matt Damon, main character of the movie, plays Benjamin Me, his family. It starts with um, his son, 
narrating the very beginning. This is a story about my dad. My mom died, you know, a little bit ago. We're dealing with, you know, midlife crisis, kind of moving on from that death, trying to trying to break free and start start anew. Um, Matt Damon uh, plays the dad. Colin Ford is the son, and Maggie Elizabeth Jones, who I'm guessing we'll be seeing at least for the next two years all over the place because she's cute as hell. Uh, plays the little daughter. Don't don't fall for that. Uh, well, she's in the she's in the trailer too. You've seen everyone's seen her. Um, so their family is having issues, falling apart. Mom's died. Dad's trying to figure out what to do. He's a adventurer at heart. He was like a writer that would go all over the place and do all these stories. Uh, he ends up um, pretty much quitting his job. Colin Ford, his son, because of all of his behavior issues, got gets expelled from school. So they need to go somewhere new and do something and he decides hey we're gonna go do like a uh, rural lifestyle uh let's find a place and they end up they don't try to go buy a zoo but it ended up being the last place where the house looked perfect and oh it comes with a zoo so if you're buying this place you have to buy the zoo and how much did they buy the house and the zoo for i don't know if they say but at some point at some point (laughs) 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 at some point they solve your your worries about how much the cost is by saying that um, Matt Damon's character Benjamin he was entitled to some of Dad's money after like he passed, so he's got some kind of nest egg given to oh my him God. his father when he passed. So they could have just gone anywhere they wanted. Um, probably, probably, because you do to get I a sense of it. They talk about like making changes to the zoo, and they say it's going to cost a um, hundred and fifty thousand to make the changes. So. Who, and that's at like some pivotal point later on. Anyways, so what's weird about the movie is, first off, the the characters. I like all the characters. We've got Matt Damon does a really good job in this. If you're a Matt Damon fan, you're gonna like it. Jim, I think you should watch it. I think he does a very good job. He might he might win you over in this movie. And I think you're gonna see it anyways because you know Cameron Crowe. I know, I know you say you don't like him, but I think I think you're a. I think Wait, you're gonna, Jim, I like him. Well, I just mean you, you haven't got, been won over by the born supremacy. No. I just know he's all right. I just know Jim. Yeah, he's he's wasn't a Matt Damon fan, and that Jim uh, was hurt from Elizabethtown. He didn't like Elizabethtown very much. So this might win you back over. It's a decent film in general. Um, Thomas Hayden Church plays Matt Damon's brother, who just comes in giving advice. You see in the trailer, he does a really good job in this too. And uh, I think the last movie I saw him in was Sideways, and he was he was good in that. But he does a also a great job. What happens is after they move into the zoo, which is like a third of the way in the film, um, we get to meet Scarlett Johansson, who's the head zookeeper, and a slew of other people who don't matter. Um, Patrick Fugit, or I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's the star. I I think it's like that, not the other way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He plays like the, I don't know, the animal handler or something. He's got a monkey. His character doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Does his monkey? He's in like I would say he's in half the shots too, and his character doesn't matter. He doesn't have a personality, <laughs> nothing. Like he's just around. Interesting. Angus Mc, Angus McFadden, who's uh, the co-owner of this episode, a great sponsor, a great friend of the show. Um, he plays like the architect of the zoo. He has a personality, but doesn't really matter either. Um, then there's a couple of Carla Gallo's in it for a little while. Doesn't matter. Um, just. So when you're saying they don't matter, it just means the they don't person like you could have put in Benicio del Toro in there from Usual right. Suspects and just started get like just making so up they, dialogue. They get a chunk of lines, but really they have no impact. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so the one person that does matter, which I don't even like, John Michael Higgins, who's a great, great guy, funny guy, rest development, God bless you. Um, he is this constructed bad guy just for no reason. He is the, um, I forget what government regulatory service or company takes care of it, but um, he is the guy that comes in to check if the zoo is up to standard and if they can open up for for the public, to the public. And they make this big to-do, like, oh, he's a super badass, he's coming to ruin us, whatever. He shows up, does his usual, usual John Michael Higgins thing, makes some jokes with a serious tone to him, and goes throughout the movie as just 
I don't know. It just seems like they create this bad guy for no reason when the true problem should be like Matt, like Matt Damon during the whole time is struggling on his being a good father with his son. His son's getting split apart from him. There's this like a studio note. Oh, add this guy. (laughs) Better make a bad guy. Uh, Let's make uh, Higgins. You do that. We'll bring you in. You'll be the ultra bad guy. Everyone's worried about him when he shows up and it just doesn't live up to standards. Um, The other part where I get to the writing just doesn't, it seems like they've made mistakes or maybe like something got left on the editing room floor that we don't get to see is in the right before when he quits his job, Matt Damon goes into the office. He's at this dying newspaper. You can see it. There's not that many people and tons of cubicles and you get introduced to a couple of characters. And I, I have no problem with him leaving his job and going through that scenario, but it's almost like you get to know these two characters that he, that he runs into during the movie. And then they're not mentioned ever again. Like, it just seems, it seems weird. Like, it makes me think of Cameron Crowe's Jerry Maguire, where, yeah, uh, you end up getting, Tom ends up quitting, leaving the place, but he runs into a lot of those people through the movie. Like, it's not just, let's create characters, have them introduced for two seconds, and then gone. It just and, pissed me and off. Then, yeah, and then you got Jay Moore coming back, and it's it, sweet. Exactly, exactly. You'd think maybe you'll see that boss later on, you don't. Um but so what happens? The zoo ends up going through trials and tribulations. The guy sh- Higgins shows up, says you have to make some changes. They make the changes, blah blah blah. And their Scarlett Johansson teaches, um, just shows. I, I don't, I don't even know how to say it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson teaches Matt Damon like, okay, you can move on from your wife, and we're fostering this our own relationship here, and whatever. What I do like is at some point there's a. <clears throat> Matt Damon has to make this crucial. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna be ruining this for anybody. If you guys are want to go see this movie, it's still out in theater. You might want to chime out now because I want to talk about it. Um, Matt Damon, uh, after taking over the zoo, there are all these animals that are already there, and there's this old tiger there that they have to figure out what to do with because he's getting old age. He needs a lot of special medicine, and Scarlett Johansson wants to put him down, but Matt Damon doesn't, and it's pretty much just a standing metaphor for Matt Damon's character, which is kind of cool. And I think they could have played that up more, but they end up having it where at the end, Matt Damon like breaks down, gives up on his wife and gives up on the tiger. So around the same time kind of thing. And it works out really well. And I really, I did like that part of it. And I do really Cameron Crow's movie or Cameron Crow's like dialogue in this movie. Like I see a little bit almost famous in it. I see a lot of his, his ideas in the movie. And I like that. Going back to the Cigarose Jonesy thing, there I do love the Cigarose music. There's it's some of his individual stuffs in there. There's definitely a Cigarose song in there, and like I said, there's other other tracks in it. But what was really odd is it seemed like everything was like I don't know if it was, I was paying extra attention to it, but when they buy the zoo, which is in the first third of the movie, it was like the most epic soundtrack ever behind this. It was almost like all right, they're gonna, to black, they're gonna fade to black, and that's the movie because that's how epic the movie the music was. And I think he just went crazy on the entire thing which i i don't know it, it, it might do it for everybody else but maybe it was just because i was paying a ton of attention to it i thought it was kind of weird um, yeah you gotta wait to blow your watch till the right. end like, this is yeah. like in life aquatic right, right. Yeah. Exactly. this isn't the climax we can move past this they got the zoo i get it let's get to the next part and um it was kind of strange i uh I'll, I'll admit that but i i like the movie in general um i, I wouldn't say it was camera crow's best work or anything but I would definitely check it out. You guys, uh, what do you guys think? You guys gonna go see it now that I've no. shit over it? No, yeah. it sounds terrible. <laughs> God, no, sounds bad. Um, I just I can't get past the story. This guy's got as much money as he wants, and he buys a zoo and struggles with it. Retire someplace, dude. He wants to give his kids a new, a different outlook, a real uh, American lifestyle. I think he says at some point in the movie. Yeah, so. one in which you have to pay attention to your zoo instead of your kids. Yeah, true. It's very true. Um, yeah, what a jerk. Anyhow, jackass. That's I got off. I got that. Murders the tiger. <laughs> I got that off my chest. Uh, James, maybe the kid was the tiger. Maybe the kid, the tiger. James, <laughs> you uh, your thing. <laughs> uh, you got some good movie reviews too. You go for it. Uh, I saw a movie called Micmacs. It's a 2009 French film. Um, it's about a guy named Basil who is working at a video store when he witnesses a crime going on outside. Um, as he's witnessing it, he, there's some gunfire and a stray bullet hits him in the head. Ouch. Um, he goes into a, a coma for a while. 
uh, ends up being okay when he gets out though like his job's already been reassigned his apartment's already be, been re-rented and he's got no place to go um so he does a street performer thing for a while but ends up um meeting up with a, a group of eccentric people who live in a scrapyard. And when I say live in a scrapyard, I mean like actually in the scrapyard. It's like this mound of junk metal and stuff. There's like a door that leads into it. So is it understood that this is just completely abstract and there's no... Yes, way- it's very okay. abstract. Yeah, okay. um, it actually sounds like my uh, last so, summer. Sounds like my house, yeah. yeah. So anyway, real quickly, um, he... With his, you know, adventures with these people, he stumbles across uh, the weapon manufacturer who, <laughs> like, made the the bullet that ended up shooting him. And across the street is another weapons manufacturer who, previous in the movie, <laughs> you realized, or you know, that uh, made a mine that his father died from. <laughs> so, the weapons right across the street. district? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. yeah, this is in the weapons weapon manufacturing. manufacturing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And they're right across the street, uh, just two big, formidable buildings, and he decides that he's going to get revenge on these people. So, he gets <laughs> his, his eccentric friends together, and by eccentric, I mean, like, somebody, one of them's like a contortionist, one of them's like a tinkerer, like, inventor person, another person's like, just really good at judging every distance or volume of stuff just by looking at stuff. So, you watch a superhero of, movie, too. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so and they end up getting revenge by doing a little bit of sabotage and ultimately pitting these two companies against each other and hijinks ensue, basically. Uh, the director, Jean-Pierre Junoy, I'm going to pronounce it. I don't know if that's how he does it. That's, that's, fact, that's it. exactly it. Um, he actually <laughs> reminds me of a Tim Burton or a Wes Anderson and just the fact that he's very visual with his style. Um, a lot of his characters are imaginative and quirky. Um and the movie's got a little goofy sensibility to it, so and you almost feel like you're watching a fairy tale while watching it. Um, and he is also the director who directed Amelie, for people who have seen that. And City of Lost Children. Ooh. And City of Lost Jack. Children. Have you, you need to see that movie, dude. I was going to say, I thought you reviewed that one. I did. And once I heard that, I'm like, oh, you know, this might be a director. I might, you know, watch anything he did. And then I realized he did Alien Resurrection, which I refuse to. <laughs> oh, I, you, I was just going to say, I bet he directed Predator 2 also. <laughs> whoa, whoa, so. hold on a second. On the record, Predator 2 is that bad of a movie, huh? <laughs> Isn't that the one with Danny Glover? <laughs> yeah. You're asking me seriously right now? <laughs> I've never seen it. I'll let you guys duke it out. <laughs> so anyway, I, I really like this movie. Um, even with the 10% off for reading, it really impressed me, and I would like to give it the stamp. Nice. Wow. Yeah. All right. The seal's in your hand, dude. Seal away. It's all yours. Interesting. Very interesting. So yeah, it was good. And this, you thought this because it was on the list or what? Um, you know, I watched a trailer show that I recorded for a while, and it kept popping up on there, and it looked really fun and neat and stuff. So I gave it a chance, and I liked it. And speaking of, how's the list going? The major, like the main list, it's uh, I got three movies left. Okay, so no progress since last time. No, no. Okay. We just gotta gotta keep updated. As soon as that ends, who knows? Yeah, I was hoping to get it done by July, uh, by the end of January, but that doesn't look like it's gonna happen. So we'll see. we had to skip this week for <laughs> sad circumstances. Right, right. Uh, so cool, very cool. I uh, I will definitely have to check that out, and you have to see *The Sea of Lost Children* for sure. Right? Yeah, I'm interested actually because I saw it on the, his directorial list. I'm like, I swear that's the one that Greg reviewed, and he show. seemed to like it. Yeah. So I might try check out a few of his movies. So cool. So, I guess now that we're past the movie reviews, we can cut back to my uh, my billboard question of the Parker Posey. We, uh, of course, need to discuss Jim's Parker Posey first, which was last week. Wait, uh, I don't get to do a movie review? Did you see a movie? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you. I'm just saying, if I had, I want the opportunity. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> you got to no. use your rights or you lose them, friend. <laughs> that's, that's, right. true. that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's true. Um a good point. A good point. Josh, how do you feel about um the air up there? Have you seen the movie The Air Up There? Yeah, I think it was five out of six. <laughs> uh, five out of six peanuts. I think you have a peanut rating system, don't you? That's what I want, yeah. <laughs> five out of six is the figure skating rating. That's the only rating I know that goes out of six. <laughs> Does that, it? I know that. And Josh's peanut rating. I, I, well, they're both very... Uh, very astute art forms to me, Jeffrey. Yeah. So the Parker Posey play along. Uh, <laughs> Jim's question at the boards, going and on, on the Facebook page. Uh, what's your favorite evil plot? Very simple. Very mean, but very simple. 
James, do you have any uh, standout answers you want to bring up? Ooh, 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 ooh. Can I give mine because I wasn't here last year? Yeah, time? yeah, you will not. You were not here. Ooh, yeah, good. right. So I got to uh, I got to listen. And I'm a little surprised this didn't come up just because it's so insanely evil. Um, the plot of Grand Moff Tarkin, the Emperor, to oh, yeah. blow up planets of the, <laughs> of the people they didn't like. <laughs> I, like, I racked my brain for a plot that was more destructive and awful than that and could not come up right. with one. We're done. It's, cool. it's almost like a side plot in that, but it's pretty, yeah. it's awesome. There's it's no the, world, it's the uh, galaxy domination, but through yeah. destruction of planets. We're done invading, we're done gassing and killing. We're just gonna just end, wipe your planet off the... We don't even want your natural resource. Yeah. We just want to yeah. you up. Just one minute you had a planet, now you don't. In fact, we're just going to base it off of one of your citizens' actions. Yeah, you yeah. tell me the truth? No? Okay, I blow up your entire planet. Do we ever find <laughs> out like the distance it needs to be in range to shoot a planet? I'm sure someone's mapped this out somewhere. Did we planet. ever find yeah. out? <laughs> Dude, your extensive see. research that we started months ago? I did a, I did a Star Wars versus Star Trek uh, research paper one time, and you would be amazed at the mathematics that's on those websites oh, yeah I, I don't know if i would be amazed i'd expect i would expect a a people top men working on <laughs> top men uh so yeah james did you want to bring one up um i obviously like the uh the seven one mostly because we were i was talking about how that was my second choice just the idea of John Doe, I believe, but his character's name is just going yeah. through and making an example out of people with the seven deadly sins. Yeah, I uh, and I want to do a KPW shout out for just the the Princess Bride one, which I know it's one of her favorite movies, if not her favorite. But I find it interesting that like when I think of that movie, it's one of those where you just don't think about the evil plot. Like, right. oh, it's kind of right in the center of it, and they're talking about it constantly. Like that's part of the joke. Like, oh, I'm gonna kill her while they're gone and blame it on these guys and we're going to have a war. It's gonna I'm be- swamped. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just a joke in the background. And yep. I thought that was a really good answer. But uh, very, very cool. I um, So my question, getting back, I gave you guys a, a, a clue, a warning, whatever you want to call it. I disregarded it. that. I did. I yeah. It. yeah, I chose to, I chose to completely so, get that out of my mind. In, in honor of the Sundance Film Festival, uh, my question is going to be a little interesting. Uh, the question is, what is the most indie movie you've ever seen? And what were your thoughts on it? Now, indie, I know that indie is a loaded word. It's uh, yeah, Especially when you're trying to tell me, you know, gauge it compared to others. Like, what's more indie than this? It's more indie than the other, right. So, indie could be used mm. to describe the production value, how much money was used on it, who made it, whatever. I'm just looking, I'm really, just in general, I'm using it in the most generic terms possible. I'm just looking for a movie that wasn't produced by the giant blockbuster Hollywood machines kind of thing. And, Can I go first? Uh, <laughs> and if it's, like, I, I know you're, I'm hoping you're bringing up the exact movie you, you just reviewed, but um, <laughs> if it's... Um, and if it's a plot that's like nothing you've ever seen from the major Hollywood movies, that I'll accept that too. Like that that'll work even better if it's if it's something that was very low budget, very low key. But this is a movie I saw and I liked it. Can, can we just say the room and move on? Damn it! That was gonna be my answer. <laughs> That's the, um, yeah. Cool. All right, I have a backup. So there. <laughs> got a backup so there so uh, this is going to be if uh if you're not interested in uh movies that are on the outskirts this is the tune out time but um i've actually talked to jeff about this movie before and i'm going with a, a dogma 95 film together there's uh i've got a couple and jeff's actually what was that didn't we not watch a movie um i don't even it was more of like a documentary that yeah the, the something obstructions or something like that that just made me feel so bad about Dogma 95 after watching it. Those guys were dicks. Yeah, um, it wasn't cool. But uh, very quickly, the Dogma 95 thing was just tons of Danish directors getting together saying, like, a movie's not going to be a movie unless it has these standards. And it's just like, there's no, like, anything where you're shooting, there's, like, only going to be natural light. Sound's got to be recorded at the same time with the video. All kinds of all kinds of rules. Um, I think there's only, like, 12 of them. But anyhow. Did any of them do anything? Any of those directors? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think Celebration was big, but the the number one was I think it was called Freaks or something like that. But they some of the Celebration. Oh, I saw that movie. I think that's the uh, 
You've seen it or no? I've seen it. It's, uh, it's uh, the one where they all get together for the dad's birthday and it turns out he's a it. giant that's ass. It. Yeah, that's it. Okay. You've, you've seen one. You've I seen saw that one. Um, Dancer in the Dark was good. That was a dogma. Yeah, there, there are a couple. York. Yeah, Bjork. 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 <laughs> the movie I saw. Um, David Morse was in it too, don't forget. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Was pretty. <laughs> movie I saw. Can I, can I talk about it for two seconds? And then you guys can do. I just, I just want to say it, what's interesting about it. It's a, uh, it's about a commune, and I think it's supposed to be. I don't know if they talk about the setting in general, but it's supposed to be in Sweden. Um, and it's what you imagine like a hippie commune being, where it's just tons of different people together that have the same idea, but they're all clashing in one way or another. And what's interesting about the movie is there, it's not so much there's no, there's not really any bad guys in it. There's like one ex-girlfriend or something. But the idea is they bring in an outsider, somebody like their wife is leaving one of their um, – is leaving her husband. So she moves into the commune. So she plays like the straight guy out of all the other people. And it's just interesting hearing their ideas and trying to spread them onto others. Like there was literally a point where one guy – likes another guy there's one gay guy that likes a straight guy and he's like i'm gonna turn you gay and that's like part of the story and it's kind of funny and it's um yeah so this fits your criteria because um dogma 95 being where it's just got all these insane rules where it doesn't have tons of post-production value and so it's like all natural exactly. this was done in that manner right. exactly i feel like that's more like art film than yeah. indie film um the Production value in terms of uh, money spent on it. I don't know what the number is or anything, but you might be right. Um, I guess, again, I'm using a very broad definition of it. Um, If you want to go with anything that's low budget, just way off the off the cuff in terms of normal studio wouldn't approve it, basically. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm not looking for anything super, super. I've got my answer in case people need me to go. (laughs) Go for it. All right. Well, since I can't pick the room, my original answer. I'm going to go with rubber. Uh, We've reviewed here before, yeah. Which I have reviewed. Yeah, went to the theater to see it. Uh, very small film. Very weird premise, which I doubt would have been green lighted if it wasn't somebody's passion project. But basically, it's about a rubber tire that comes to life and <laughs> kills people with a mental power. We'll have to point people to the episode that you review it in. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very strange. Um, I liked it. It was a, something you need to watch while slap happy or drunk. But yeah, it was good. I enjoyed and it. Not only that, not only is it a movie about a tire killing people, aren't there people like watching the movie? Like, Yeah, there's this bizarre premise right. that they're putting on a show for an actual in-movie audience. Right. <laughs> Something goes wrong and like the show continues and the ru- the rubber tire still kills people and all this stuff. It's it's very bizarre. Very inter- very interesting. It's a good answer. I like it. I haven't seen it yet. I probably should. That was one of the ones you caught. That that was on Netflix, wasn't it? You caught it on? No, I saw it in the theater. No shit. Yeah, it's work. Um, Jeff, Josh, anything pop to your mind? Come to come uh, to mind. I'm wavering between two answers. So Jeff, if you have an answer, I'll decide on one. If not, I'll just pick one of the two. You know, I, I've got a lot that I feel like are equally indie in scale. So, like as far as what what they are. So, what I'm gonna pick is my favorite, and it's um it's a movie that I think I reviewed for the show briefly, and I forced Greg to watch, and maybe Josh too. Uh, a movie called Primer, which is a very indie sci-fi movie. Um, very very cool movie. I very much enjoyed it. Um, and uh. Yeah, it's uh, the reason it's indie is because it is very low budget. Yeah, production um, value zero, pretty much. Right, it's, awesome. it's a it's a plot that yeah. no major studio would have picked up, I don't think. But it's a really like it's it is a very entertaining plot and and well done, um, and just a really well done movie overall. I liked it. I did. I liked it as well. I just thought of another great answer too. There, are, there's a lot of like I try to keep it broad so everybody can participate because not everyone's seen a fucking movie that was made in Traverse City or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, uh, Josh. What you got? Uh, so like I said, I was kind of wavering between two answers, but I think the one I'm gonna go with, and, and this isn't like, I don't know what studio it went through. It's an older movie. Uh, and it was like when I was a kid, it was one of my favorite movies called Dragon Slayer. Uh, oh. yeah, do you remember watching that? Yeah, with the with the guy from uh, Ghostbusters too. Yeah, Vigo, the... <laughs> Vigo, yeah, that guy. So yeah, he's in it, and actually the uh, what's his name, Ian McDermott, 
the Emperor, Emperor? from Star Wars. No is, shit. He's in this movie for like probably 20 seconds. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know what the budget for it was, but it was a super like, I, I didn't even know this until years later, but it has this just humongous indie cult following, uh, which I wasn't aware of until I got older. But um, it was definitely a pretty low budget movie. I don't know how many people saw it. Like, I don't know how big it was. But it, the thing that I really liked about it was super realistic. Like, this is 1981 and they've got like dragons flying around and all a bunch of shit. And it looked really realistic, or at least as I remember it, it did. I don't know like who originally made it, but it says Walt Disney Pictures Presents right on the front oh, of it. So it was a huge studio. I guess. Well, <laughs> well, it's a possibility that somebody produced it, and then Walt Disney said, "Hey, I'll promote it and redistribute it for you." So I don't want to, I don't want to shit all over your answer right now, but you clearly do. <laughs> I don't want to shit all over. I just want a hint to shitting all over. Yeah, right. But right. I really think it was like a small, like at, at least with disney's other releases it was definitely not even close to on the same level right and it kind of just reminds me of an indie movie with a pretty small but really loyal following can you tell me tell me about the character cassiodorus rex apparently is a character on the uh that's i can't remember who is what in that movie but i think he's a wizard <laughs> he's a of course he's a wizard of course he's <laughs> a wizard harry yeah you're a wizard harry you're a wizard <laughs> but anyway like i say i don't know if it was the like <laughs> movie ever made but it, it definitely right. has that kind of low budget small following feel to it and it was one of my favorites as a kid so that's what i'm picking all right i, I accept your answer josh i accept your answer and i accept everyone's answer and uh we will be accepting more answers uh on the boards gungabit.com and also on the movie our page on facebook the question again it's generic in terms of indie but what is the most movie most indie movie you've ever seen and what were your thoughts about it and we've sort of had people that picked them on the same level, decide what their favorite one was. But really, uh, anything where wasn't produced by a major studio, very low budget, just <laughs> premise that you can see never being uh, created anywhere near Hollywood. That's the idea. So, uh, right. We'll find your answers there. Oh, damn it. <laughs> a perfect chance to say Raiders Lost Ark. <laughs> Raiders Lost Ark. Uh, it's the most indie. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I just project how vomited across my apartment. That's exactly uh, what I'm looking joke, for. Joke, joke. Yo, you mean the studio? I'm gonna last. But yeah, uh, another fantastic movie, our guys. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for your input, James and Jeff. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Drive safe, people. Josh, maybe next week, three in a row, perhaps. Uh, if you're lucky. Oh, thank you guys for joining us. The Angus McFadden, I don't want to lose movie hour. See you next time. Creedy reminds me of Greedy, which reminds me of Mr. Wilson. <laughs> which then reminds me of Scrooge. I wouldn't even. And then reminds me of diving into piles of gold and swimming in it. <laughs> which reminds me of Aladdin. <laughs> Which reminds me, I saw Aladdin the second game and almost bought it the other day. It's so good, dude. <laughs> it's a good game. Which reminds me, I'm surrounded by more. <laughs> Is that all you've got, Mr. Fox? It's unclear whether these... Pine cones fired, 22 targets hit. Decoy phase, go. Yes, sir. Domino Santo.